0: Welcome to Missing Figures, stories of power, perseverance, and possibility. I'm Sherry Renard. There are hundreds of descriptors uh, that make me me, but I think the most relevant ones for today's episode about Bessie Coleman, there are two. Uh, one, I'm just a fan. I don't even know. <laughs> I just, if I lived in this woman's world, I would have been following her around like crazy. But uh, the other is, um, I'm a Francophile. And uh, I'm a former resident of France, so.
1: And I am Cynthia Wright, and I'm a mostly self-taught French speaker. I'm still learning, but I found Bessie by learning French, actually. I moved to a big city in order to further my life and career, which is something similar to what Bessie did. And I'm a person who bucks convention every chance she gets. And like Bessie, I want to amount to something. Um, so let's dive in about Miss Bessie Coleman. So anyone that knows me knows how much I love Bessie Coleman. She is, she was, uh, an amazing woman in person, it seems like. So she, Bessie Coleman was the first african-american female to become a licensed pilot in 1921 she defeated gender and racial prejudice um, she became a symbol for millions of women of color and i think it actually truthfully people of color because she was kind of a bona fide celebrity within the black community um, and she just seemed to be a person that was also very big on giving back um, she, uh, during the time um, of Bessie of uh, the entire time she she was alive actually um, during that time in the United States, Americans were still very much into the segregation and fighting for equal rights across the country. Um, she was born actually in the 1800s at the tail end of the 1800s in 1892. Um, she was born in Atlanta, Texas, which is a very small town in Texas. Um, she's she's, of both Black and Native American descent. And something that I found really interesting um, in Bessie Coleman's history is that their family was very big on education. And at that time, that wasn't something that was necessarily considered um, of high priority when it came to people in the Black community, just because a lot of people, were either farmhands or working in homes. And they were very much focused on survival. But something that was really instilled in Bessie and her siblings was like, they needed to have an education. They needed to think bigger. They needed to think outside of Atlanta, Texas, whether they stayed there or not, they had to think outside and think that their life was bigger than just being a farmhand or bigger than just being a maid or a domestic worker. So Bessie actually attended college um, she attended the Oklahoma Colored Agricultural and Normal University in Langston, Oklahoma. Um, but she only attended for a short while because she quickly ran out of money and she ended up coming back home to um, Texas. Um, but the, I would say the biggest claim to fame for Miss Coleman was the fact that she wanted to be a pilot, and I thought this was awesome. and like how. Can a, a how did she even find out that she wanted to be a pilot? How did she figure out like how to become a pilot? Because at this time in the United States, um, you weren't allowed to get licensed to be a pilot if you were a black person. And then if you were a female, then forget it, you know? And so she took it upon herself to really figure out like, I wanted to get this done. How am I going to go about it? So she ended up actually finding out that you could go to France and you can get licensed over there. But- You know, Bessie is American. She didn't speak French. So she actually took it upon herself to learn French and went to a a language school. I think she was based in Chicago at this time. Mm -hmm. She ended up moving there um, to be closer to her siblings in Chicago. Her brother, I believe. And she enrolled in a language school and learned French. And then um, she saved up. She worked multiple jobs. And then she also... um, had a benefactor and he was um, big in banking in Chicago that kind of got behind her. And between her job, learning French, saving for her from her jobs, learning French, and then the benefactor, she ended up going to um, flight school in France. So she went to France and, um, and actually I find this part of her life very interesting because mm-hmm. the fact that she went to France and she was enrolled in, in, in the school but she also had a lot, she didn't receive, like I feel like when she went over there, I think I read like an interview or something she gave that she thought when she went over there that she would get a lot of pushback because she was black. Mm-hmm. But truly the pushback was because she was female and that they weren't really sure about how to deal with that, but her color was secondary. But she had a lot of people, a lot of teachers there that were very well known in the field that really took a liking to her and put took her under their wing. Um, um and really guided her when it came to like her education. And soon she was like outdoing all the guys in her courses. She was acing everything. She was all over the place. And people just had to respect her because she was that good at what she was doing. Um, she attended, um, and Sherry, since you are more fluent in the <laughs> pronunciation category, <laughs> you may want to take this on, but uh she she was licensed. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Fédération Aéronautique Aeronaut- uh, Internationale.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're pretty good. Fédération Aéronautique international
1: Thank you. So her pronunciation was much better. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, she was licensed there. And then when she got licensed there, she became the first Black and Native American person to earn an international aviation license
0: no i think she was the first person wasn't she the first american to get an international pilot's license not just black or Amer- uh, native american
1: yeah she was the first american really to do it but i but then she was also native american but mm-hmm. the first and she learned french and she moved to a country that she had no like you know basis in until she got there and she rocked it and um, she came back and she was kind of like a local celebrity. Another thing that I enjoyed about her is that the fact that even though she did this, she was still like a, like a, um, um, a woman from her, for her people. Mm-hmm. She knew very much about, you know, she did a lot of stunt. Um, stunt piloting. She was very much like a stunt pilot and she would do a lot of crazy stunts and things like that and do shows and she would pack like the fields and everything like that. People would come far and wide to see her. I'm um, seeing um, Queen, Queen Bessie as she became to mm-hmm. be known as. Um, and she would always make sure to give back to her community, give back to people of color, to black people, and make, sh- make it known that, you know, just because she got there didn't mean that sh- they couldn't do it either. Um, she was known to being very outright and outspoken when it came to um, segregation and the rights of black people. She even was a she even had some small parts in some movies. Um, she got over to Hollywood and stuff like I'm that. I'm
0: not sure if it's small. She did the stunt piloting. It's true. It's not small, but that's she, not small. <laughs> it's
1: not a small thing. That is. The- <laughs> She did the stunt piloting for some movies and she actually was, was known for walking off sets if she felt like it was like, if the, the depiction of black people were is, was too minstrel um, or it or was very like disrespectful. So she would just be like, I'm out, you know? Yeah. And especially for that time, like, you know, people live paycheck to paycheck or people that wanted their name in lights and be well known just to be like, pick up and be like, I'm good, I'm not doing this. This is not for me. Um, Just really shown like, and I gives insight into her character and just how she was like her own woman and that she was like, I don't need all this. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I provide. I know what I bring to the table and I'm not going to settle for less. And I find that awesome and amazing. And she is such a hero of mine yeah <laughs> you people
0: can't see uh cynthia she's like bursting <laughs> you're so animated when you're talking about her you're like you're like gonna jump out of the of
1: i love talking about Bessie coleman like I, get I know excited
0: it's awesome and we should say you're writing a, a screenplay inspired by her and that's how i I think I only saw a Google Doodle, and but when Cynthia was talking about the story she wants to put to the screen, um, that's when I took my deep dive. And you're right, I think this is it's consistent with our theme. She decided, she decided she wanted to amount to something. That is the thing that was always said that she, she told her mother she was going to amount to something, and she decided she was going to be in the world the way she wanted to be. Our common theme, people. <laughs> And the, the, the brilliant thing about what you said is it, she did not want any representation of black people that was derogatory, stereotypical. And so one of her dreams was to open a flight school for African Americans, uh, because she couldn't play, they couldn't learn how to fly anywhere. She obviously had to go abroad to go and do this. And, uh, not even when she got her license she could not rent or buy a plane Mm -hmm. she had to buy government surplus and she spent her whole life scraping together money to open this flight school so that all that stunt flying they called it barnstorming she found that was her way of earning money to fulfill her dream Of opening this flight school and one of the ways people did earn money and she was a celebrity was through endorsements and The only companies that would endorse her they said only black related companies uh, Can endorse you so she was sponsored by a newspaper from Chicago. She had a benefactor um, who helped her get over to France and all this but the sponsorships were only uh, the most successful black companies were cosmetic uh, and beauty companies. And a lot of them sold hair straightening and skin whitening products and, be, and she, wouldn't, she wouldn't accept their endorsement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then for comparison, one of her contemporaries was Amelia Earhart and Amelia Earhart was sponsored for thousands of dollars by Lucky Strike cigarettes. But everybody thought um, Bessie Coleman was a risk if they uh, endorsed her, uh, had her products uh, endorsed by, the, by her as a spokesperson. So um, sure. she really took a hard route uh, to do what she wanted to do.
1: I know. I mean, first of all, like being a, a Black woman at that time, being an educated Black woman and then wanting to be a pilot when most of the time it was like a white person's world and a white person's game. I mean, Amelia Earhart was getting that flack. Like, I know a bit about Amelia, too. She got a lot of pushback for being a woman. Yeah. Like, you know? And then it's like, and then Bess comes along. And Beth seems mm. like, I want to be, I'm going to have this piece of the, like, of the pie. Like, I want this. I'm claiming this. And they were like, no, 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 no. There's yeah. no way they're going to, that we're going to let you, you know, take to the skies or do anything like that. Like, she had to fight for what she wanted. And like, even her own brother.
0: Um, oh, yes. She-
1: Yes, he said, I think um, a quote from him is like, women ain't never going to fly. Not like those women's I saw in France. And that's actually how she found out like, oh, there's people in France too. Yes. But he wasn't even trying, like her own family wasn't necessarily oh, no. right behind her. Because no. they're like, come on, be realistic, be educated. Yes, we want that, but you, come on. But you want to be educated and then you want to go learn fly a plane. And then you're going to also have to go overseas to learn to fly said plane and learn another language. Like, why would you go through?
0: not even that too uh flying at the time the planes they were flying were those biplanes that and they said um they were made out of wood um there was metal and there was compressed cardboard (laughs) they (laughs) crashed all the time they crashed all the time and she was getting government surplus that had been in in the war that's the stuff that she was able to buy or that was you know that she was able to start her career in. um i i mean we we talked about her siblings she had a lot of siblings apparently her mother gave birth to 13 kids
1: yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of cold. A lot of kids,
0: but only ten survived. And she was, I think, she was like fourth from the the last of surviving kids. Um, so when we we're talking about her her siblings, that she went up to Chicago for, they were the older brothers. Um, and I think that was an interesting story. She was she decided when she when she, before she left, she worked uh, cleaning clothes uh, for people, taking in, um, and when she got to Chicago she just said, you know, I'm not, every move I make should be an improvement. I'm going to amount to something that was seemed to be her driving, driving mantra in her life. Uh, so she worked as a manicurist. Mm-hmm. Do you hear this story in this, yeah. in the White Sox, uh, barber? Yep. And I found this very interesting because I think this is another part of the attitude where, what, what surrounds you and makes you know is possible one that education thing. It was actually, they didn't want people after the civil war to learn how to read. I think the black codes actually it it said it was forbidden uh, for black people to learn how to read. But like you said, her mother made sure there were books in the house. When she got up to, to the white Sox uh, barber place, she was there during the twenties. And this was the era of the Harlem Renaissance. And I, I, this is something I, should be common knowledge, but Harlem gave the Harlem Renaissance its name, but it actually applied to all major northern cities that were were experiencing. Yes, a whole growth where, and it was, there were writers, it's the jazz age. Um, The writers were writing about, um, I I didn't write down the name of the the guy, but there's um, a professor from Howard University wrote a book called The New Negro, Mhm. And it was about shedding the images of before and becoming who you want to be. <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing to say. This is, she uh, consumed those books. She consumed that book. Um, there's also a story about uh Uncle Tom's Cabin and how she outright she rejected. Apparently she went through her life often telling people I will never be an Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a Grennan Barrett person who sucks it up and takes crap, uh, and, you know, swallows themselves whole, mm-hmm. uh, in is subservient. Yep. And, and she would say that, um, so books were a huge influence on why she went through life. I'm not going to feed into that. I will never be an uncle Tom and I'm going to do I, I heard that um, through researchers and and um, what she some of the uh, reflections from her
1: mother, that if you told her no, that meant she was gonna do it. <laughs> Another thing that I really, really loved because that's something that I'm known for and I can say that about myself. If You tell me no, you might as well tell me yes or say, go ahead and do it because that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, um, So I, I love people that have that type of personality. Um, I love and especially black women and just of that time period and just being able to just own herself and own who she was and just be unapologetic. She yeah, like, wasn't sure. love that she was unapologetic and she wasn't trying to dance around your feelings and she wasn't trying to be tiptoe and be subservient or anything. She's like, No, this is not what I'm here for. And that she was and she wanted to and she wanted to be a strong role model yes. for people of color or black people in particular, but, um, and she didn't shy away from that. And yeah. she was just very awesome. And she would be, she would perform like daredevil stunts, which is something like women didn't like women, like a lot of, a um, pe- lot of flyers didn't do or a lot of pilots didn't do, but then she was a woman on top of that. And then she didn't really have like, like Sherry was saying, the best type of planes, you know, yeah. so she, there was an added level of complexity, but she would do it because she knew other She, it, she knew that, um, it was important to be out there. It was important right. to be seen. It was important for others to see her not only talk about flying but also see her do it. but then also she also made it a point to to let people know that you know this wasn 't just about this is not what she was just just right. a pilot you right. know he was a pilot she loved flying it was what 's like what set her heart on fire and something she wanted to do forever but it was more than just being a pilot and that was it she wanted to instill a level of education because that's what she was raised up being around like be, thinking yeah. about education thinking about like you know school being educated knowing what was out there knowing what was possible you know she was this girl from uh, like all the siblings in Atlanta Texas a small town or parent like her father was a sharecropper that type of thing but it's like through but through how she was raised, her whole world opened and like and it led her from Atlanta, Texas to Chicago, to Paris, to France, to to uh, to the Netherlands, actually. She ended up in the and Germany. In Germany, back in New York, Los Angeles, like she was all yeah. over the place. You she, know? she was. And she wanted that to be just as a focal point or just as up there as like knowing that she flew a plane.
0: Well, it's literally she wanted to uplift her race. And and she you talk about being all over the place. Um, one thing I thought was interesting is she uh, she decided to follow along on the the vaudeville yeah. uh, circuit mm-hmm. um, for very popular, um, you know, vaudeville acts, black exclusively, but um, in the South, and she lectured their audiences about, complete with uh, flight film of her doing her stunts before they saw their vaudeville uh, performances. And again, she was showing them what was possible. Um, and I think it's very interesting. You know, a lot of people would compromise uh, their their beliefs to get the money yep. that they need for that ultimate goal. And you you mentioned earlier she participated in films. She had a, a starring role in a film and that's did you hear about this film she's supposed to open it it was supposed to open with her coming from the south and she was barefoot with a pack on her back
1: she walked off the set
0: and that's why she walked off the set and you think some people we know it we know it today we've cut it with viola david all these people coming out with their stories of all the stuff that they were asked to do and either they did or didn't do it because um you know, that's how they were going to advance their career. She did not do it once. She said no. <laughs> oh. and, the, and the other thing is, uh, a lot of her shows um, ended up with very mixed audiences. There would, there would be black and white people there together, but she said often the people booking the shows, uh, I, I saw one example of, they wanted the black uh, audience to enter through a side door. Oh. Mm-hmm and she she walked right into the office of the whoever booked that thing and said, if they don't get to come in through the front, I this show is canceled. Yep. She also had a group of people that didn't want to have a, a black audience at all. And, and, and this was in Florida. And she said uh, she she actually dropped flyers in black neighborhoods so that they would know about it because yep. she knew that they wouldn't promote them the event. Uh, to the group, even after yep. they agreed to let them come. So she was like, she walked the walk. Um, yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> says, like a person of her word, and she held people accountable. Um, and she challenged people and she was a little reckless. I mean, I liked it. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> She was like, "There's a story. I think it was her sister was talking about. Like her sister, she was doing a show. Bessie was, and her sister, she asked. Oh, her, oh, she asked her sister. Yeah, <laughs> asked her sister to be part of the show and like wear this costume. And then when she, the sister, showed no, off, no, 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 not just be a part of the show. You, I, you know what
0: she asked her sister to do? Yes, I know, but that like, walk on the wing and yeah. jump
1: out the plane. <laughs> that's, that's what she was going to tell her to do. And I was like, that's <laughs> right there. I was like, yes, I would probably ask someone to do something that crazy <laughs> oh my god but she did it not only did she ask oh, no, she asked like the day before i know like no preparation no like hardcore details about it She's but like, she made the costume she had that costume made yes you'll be great
0: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah seriously but that that goes back to my thing about you know is it that if you that's a scary thing she used to do she she flew some of the biggest planes that were ever developed at that time she went back to Europe when you talked about going to Germany and Holland that was her second trip back to get an advanced pilot's license and she worked with some of the best uh, stunt pilots in Europe um, to learn how to do that so she she was facing death every time she did what she wanted to do I I just wonder if that that makes you less afraid of ignorant people (laughs) Of people telling you no, um, of all sorts of things in the scheme of things, if if every day when you go up in the sky, could be your last.
1: Well, I mean, funny that you said that, because we both know how she died uh, mm. at 34. Mm. Um, and she died actually from a plane crash, and she was thrown from a plane thrown from a plane, yeah and, and she was doing a practice run in Florida, and she died, you know because she was like, "What's it they thrown my she out. was not flying though yeah, she wasn't flying, um, but she was thrown from the plane, and I think they even looked at the plane afterwards, and they said that that plane they really shouldn't have been flying that plane mm-hmm. yeah. Um, there's stuff wrong with it. And unfortunately she lost her life, um, in that. But I wonder just for, based on what you were just saying, when you said that, I wonder if that's why she lived out loud the way she did, but mm-hmm. she realized like, you know, at that time she wasn't a stupid person yeah. that what she was doing was risky. The fact mm-hmm. that the planes that weren't like, you know, they weren't top of the line coming off the runway for her so was mm-hmm. like i could die any moment i could do whatever but i'm gonna but while i'm here i'm going to be as i'm going to be me right no I mean, and
0: that's the point that's uh, we, we, we all have that same situation whether we realize it or not <laughs> you this is the time we know this is the time we're here um and i i think some sometimes it's in perspective and it's not so why do we have to live the way other people, you know, a lot of people need to catch up. They need to catch up and figure their stuff out about how other people are in the world, whether it be what gender, sexuality, race, any of that. Why do I have to live my life till you catch up? Um, and why did she have to live her life while those people caught up to the fact that a black woman could be a pilot in the world? And she did, you know, she did. She crashed. She crashed and broke her legs and all sorts of internal injuries in California mm-hmm. and took yes. almost half the, over a year <laughs> to uh, to recover. Um, and lots of pilots died doing what she was doing successfully for for a long time. Um, there was a white female pilot that um, she was asked to help memorialize uh, the year after her death. I think she would, I, I will have to look her up. Um, Another missing figure, but a woman who flew across the uh, English Channel.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember her name. But
0: she was at, uh, Bessie Coleman was asked to help memorialize her by f- doing a flight uh, exhibition flight. Um, so I, I think there is something to realizing how, I, <laughs> how you know, life can turn on a, on a dime. Um, and that you need to deal do what you want to do now mm-hmm. so, and um, but she was always striving for that one goal it was always towards that flight school, um, and she didn 't get to see it um, that plane you' were talking about they they said she put a a four hundred dollar down payment on it in Texas, and it had to be flown from Texas to Florida for this exhibition flight mm-hmm. And the the person who flew it over uh, had to stop twice to repair it. Yep. And they said that it nobody knows if it was actually the one she put the down payment on.
1: Like it seemed to be in worse condition than the one that they sure. wish. Were- they, they they were, I mean, I feel like there's probably, she had to go through so much, like people trying to sabotage her probably. Oh my goodness. Obsessed, put her at risk and saying like, who is she to be up there doing that, talking like that? Like, who is she? Yeah. wouldn't be surprised that any of that stuff happened to her.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah. Or
1: someone was trying to intentionally do something hurtful and harmful to yeah. her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They probably wanted her to shut up. But, but unfortunately, and as I'm not trying to be morbid or anything, because, you know, um, I would have loved for her to live past 34. Mm-hmm. But, um, but at the same time, like, she she just let them have it. She let them have it from start to finish, yeah, night to night, seven days a week, <laughs> every day of the month. It's like she was... And she didn't take any, like, she had no problems with that. And I think when she, um, actually, when she did die, she was, um, she was, uh, um, who, her, so Ida B. Wells did her eulogy. Yeah, she did. 10,000 people were at this funeral. Yeah. 10, in Chicago. we were at her funeral in Chicago. And I think it's, like, one of those things, like, she even though she lived as long as she did, she lived to, thir- like I said, 34, but she just lived a full life. Like, you know, right. and it's just like, her story's amazing. Like, as much as packed in for 34 years, you're just like, what? Like, how? Mm-hmm. And like, and it's like, part of me, like when I found out about her, because I found out about her because I was doing, um learning French and I was doing, decided I want to do French book reports to help with my writing and pronunciation. Mm-hmm. And I only wanted to talk about, people of color like black women black people, mm-hmm. people from french um had a french like came from like france so like like native to france or french caribbean french african mm-hmm. French, something like that
0: is that are, is that part of your background just to ask not at all
1: just attracted to it no, i was just wondering it, just love it but um but that's how i found out about her and i was like who how can you like how do we not know about this person like why was right. i thought about her in school
0: it, why did she fade from from memory? Because, as you said, she was well known in the black community. The, this uh, the Chicago Defender newspaper was a black owned uh, newspaper that championed her, and they followed all of her exploits, including when she went over to Europe. They they highlighted her, um, and so when she came back from France, you know that's why there were big crowds waiting for her in New York when the ship came in and that's why she had such a a big audience so it's strange that she should fade uh, I know from from memory Um, I know I
1: I don't know like I really don't know why she would fade like that because like with even within the black community I mean outside of it like I get it like you know um, they have Amelia Earhart you know there could only (laughs) be one you know (laughs) And so you can't have two. So Amelia really Earhart and Lindbergh, you know, but it's like within our own community, it's like, well, how did she, how did she just disappear like that?
0: Well, it's worse. I I, I read something in a mag, uh, a FAR magazine, which is a travel, I think, uh magazine about uh, black female pilots and one of the women featured, uh, you know, she, she said she had a dream to fly her whole life, um, from when she was a kid because of some stories that she'd heard it was a uh some myth from from africa about uh, the ability of of africans to to fly and she just romanticized that her whole life and went on to do something else but went to this conference uh about aviation and walked in and saw somebody selling mugs with a picture of a bessie coleman on it and she's like she was 34 years old, this woman. She's like, how how the hell did I not know? Since I was a little kid, I've been dreaming about flying. And, and the other reason she was into it is because she lived near the flight path of the uh, New Jersey airport. Oh, cool. And so she used to watch the planes going over. And she said, how did I go out my whole life being interested in this and not know about this woman? Mm. Shocking that... They don't know about this woman um, and, and celebrate her and respect her for, for what she'd done. And I, I, I'm, I'm circling back to, to the fact that she went to France twice. And the, like you said, she was expecting maybe not the reception that she, she ended up with. And she proved very early on that she had a talent mm-hmm. for, for it. Like, and they gave her, like you said, the respect that she deserved because of her abilities, which is what everybody wants um, it doesn't it doesn't always happen it, it's it's unfair that it doesn't, but over there, they actually respected her abilities uh, once she was able to prove them and i we we mentioned Josephine Baker um, we have to Say that she was a contemporary of Bessie Coleman. She was all this stuff was going, and her, so she was like the first black superstar, (laughs) international superstar, highly respected over there. American born, too. American born. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't know this, but she was so idolized in France that French women were trying to darken their skin Mm -hmm. to mimic the Josephine. Baker her look, and they were also do, doing all these hair products because she had this very curl. slick curl in the front of her hair that was, and, and so they were trying to mimic her look, but I, I just, I started off saying, you know, one of my connections was this, the French thing, and I do think, I, I just realized that um, aspects of African American life were genuinely appreciated
1: In France,
0: France. and I had more exposure, Cynthia, this is the weird thing that I've realized. I had more exposure to black culture, when I lived in France, than I did in the States. I you know, I saw Alvin Ailey in France. Oh, really? I, they, I have a really company. I I went to. Uh, they have Mardi Gras uh, celebrations in in France that are very similar to to New Orleans. I used to go to gospel jazz brunches in Paris. I, I, I'm just thinking about little aspects of African that are celebrated in that country, <laughs> uh, and I had more exposure sometimes uh, to that there than I did. Um, in, in the U.S. <laughs>
1: it's not really surprising, and I know that's something we want to talk about is different types of periods when it comes to just Black culture on the this right. show, but I, when I was reading about the Harlem Renaissance and everything, and and I, that's when I realized when I really took a deep dive that it was like all these cities, Mm -hmm. but like France had a version of that too. Mm -hmm. And there there was also just a lot of people that a lot of people um, in the United States that were well known in the black Mm -hmm. circles, you know, like James Baldwin, Mm -hmm. like all these other people that decided to like go and live in France because they felt they could be more themselves and be more, you know, less hassled. Not saying like living overseas is perfect because there's a no. whole set of other issues and stuff that you got to deal with because with, there's no what place is perfect.
0: No place. not like
1: they, had, they were seen more as, a, as people or as a person compared to like you see their skin and, that's, and then you're automatically assuming. Well, Betsy Coleman's
0: proof. Of course you want to learn how to fly come this is what you have to do and that course by the way you know it wasn't just it wasn't just they had to put the plane in the air they had to do plane design all the engineering around it all the technical stuff that was like a hard it was basically an engineering course um, uh, that she took all the physics
1: of flying i know and she didn't learn know it learn it in, in french <laughs> she didn't learn it not in her native language and then not in the measurement system that she was growing up oh man yeah Exactly, so really had so was like, like, and the fact that France was that progressive anyway, too, it was sort of just like you could be a woman, you could be black, all right, as long as you can go over here and you can learn, do it in our language, all right, you that's know. It. That was that's all. Well, I, was. I did
0: find that was often the test is if you ex- accept this is our society, so you got to try and speak French. I mean, a lot of people don't speak French, but they appreciate that you try and speak French, and if you respect their society, I often found that was, that was an easier way to navigate. And, um, I, I didn't make that connection before, but I, I, I'm seeing it now for sure because, um, y- you know, everything that she was, she, she got because they just said, you want to be a student? You want to learn? We'll teach you. <laughs> <laughs> I I was actually more amazed by the, the German pilots <laughs> and the, and the Dutch that when I talked about her flying one of the largest planes that ever existed, uh, she got to test flight this plane that had it was a monster of a plane called the Flying Palace. They called yeah. it. It had like twelve propellers, and it was a like a seaplane. And nothing like about
1: that sounds safe to me. But <laughs> it
0: doesn't. It's, you know, it was test piloting this thing. It I looked know. so <laughs> scary, and and um they let her. You know, I, I I heard another funny story. story. She went to one of her barnstorming uh, performances, and they saw her. And this this man that was in charge said she she wasn't going to be allowed to fly this plane unless uh, she went up on a with one of their uh, flight people to prove that she actually knew what she was doing. And, and and you can only guess what happened. <laughs> this guy, she she said, all I heard was she took him on the ride of his. He'll never forget. Basically, <laughs> it's like had his head down between his his knees. If you were, if it was possible, but um, they let her do it. They didn't say, oh, you know, we're not going to trust this this expensive machine to a black woman she was respected by those people. And apparently the endorsements of a lot of those pilots that taught her in, um, in Europe, that's what carried some weight in the U S where they weren't willing to.
1: Some of her teachers were very well known in the field. Like there were, mm-hmm. there were names like if you dropped them, they'd be like, Oh really? Like, you yes. know, they, they a, a lot of them respected her and adored her. And they were yes. just, like, you like, however you came to be you know yes. we're here for this you yes know? they were excited about it you yes. know they were like they didn't hold her back and i thought yes. that was awesome you know because it's like in that time it's seriously not like, like the pol like the politics between men and women weren't the best either you know no. No. and they were just like yeah she can she's do
0: good she can fly it
1: she yeah. all the boxes let her go
0: yeah seriously seriously it's uh it's amazing. I I don't know. It's, it's still weird to me that, um, again, didn't grow up knowing about this woman. We both have, you know, military father backgrounds. So you might think maybe we know something about the first African American, <laughs> you know, international pilot, yeah. um, that sort of thing. And then it, but then you hear about people that actually go into the profession and didn't know about her either. Um, thankfully, it sounds like some, I mean, I did hear, I know that um, Mae Jemison, who, you know, went into outer space. <laughs> yes. Talk about flying. She, she carried a picture of Bessie Coleman mm-hmm. when she went on her uh, first mission. And, and yesterday it was announced that there's, there's a woman going up to, an African-American woman going up to space station. <laughs> hey, I would love to know. She heard about Bessie Coleman. And and sure. yeah, she's going to go live up
1: in space for months. I give that her the credit because that thought of that makes me want to...
0: Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. It's so scary. But um, I, I think that's amazing. But again, you know that there's less than 150 uh, Black women in this country that hold any kind of of license a pilot's license
1: i know i'm not surprised i mean it's i feel like that's something that we're not taught to say like you know we could be or do you know right like how many times do you really see a black pilot like male or female really you know no
0: and and why not why wouldn't you why won't there be black people out there that are interested in flying but.
1: Yeah, I know. But there's a lot of interesting women that through the course of me just learning about Bessie and idolizing her because I love Bessie Coleman. Yeah. But if you can't guess already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but there's like a lot of interesting people that I've come to know about. Someone recently that I come to, I found out about, um, I knew of her, but I, I kind of took a deep dive and I actually added her to the missing figure list, but it was Mildred Hemmons Carter. and she. Was- oh, I know. Her yeah, yeah. and was, I was so fascinated about her, and then the fact that she wanted to be a wasp and then um, a Tuskegee Airman, but she was rejected mm. because she was um, complications <laughs> <I guess>
0: <laughs> complications.
1: <laughs> it was complications, and she was rejected. But um, later on, um, when she was older, of course, they kind of inducted her into both um, the wasp and the Tuskegee Airman, also. Um, added her to the tribe so I thought that was awesome but it's all these women that were doing these doing the putting in this work and like in in such a male dominated industry and they're just like you know what I'm I have every right to be here I just have so much respect for them and for like I said for any person any woman in particular a black woman um I will always uphold because it's like for you to be first and just for you to be like, I'm going to be here and I'm going to do this. And then you can't tell me no. And, and I just, it's like, I just have so much respect for that because I don't even know, like how do you go about that? And like, how do you push yourself and how do you keep yourself going when everything is telling you not to do it, like right. um, not to fulfill it, not to go forward with it. They want you to, they want you to, you know, back down. They want you to crumble. They want you to, you know, fail. Yeah. It's about,
0: um, you know, where do you belong? It's about somebody else deciding where people belong. And you just reminded me that, you know, again, uh, the missing figures because of who we are, we are, we gravitate towards certain subjects, but this is definitely, uh, about learning about all kinds of possibilities. So th- I found I discovered in my Bessie Coleman search another missing figure and it's it's Leah Hing born in 1907 and she was the first Chinese American woman to learn her, her pilot's license. You know, this is so again another missing person not to not to change it but where why did she disappear? Why why don't we know about her? Um, Again, this is uh, Bessie Coleman. This is people being in the world the way they want to be and showing up the way they want to show up despite society telling them that they're supposed to be somewhere else and it's not possible and trying to put stuff in their way. Um, So I... She just spurs me on not to go fly.
1: (laughs) Maybe as a passenger, even though I don't want to do that at the moment either. (laughs) Definitely not. I do want to try flying. I just like Bessie Cole because I feel like that just, she's proof walking, living proof that anything is possible. If you believe in it, like if you believe in yourself to fulfill it and you believe that there is a, a way to go about it and, and execute it. Right. You know, to me, that's like what she's like she stands for. She's just like, I'm gonna make my own way. I'm gonna figure it out for me. I'm not gonna leave it for you to say I'm you're now able to do this. Yes. I'm going to do it on my own terms. And I just love that she that's how she lived her life and she was unapologetic about being black and a female and just like, you know, she didn't mince words with anyone. No, no, she didn't. Um, and she didn't, like, she didn't, also didn't, like, dim her shine and say, like, no. oh, I, I'm i not, I'm, I'm not a rock star. You know, like, right, like, right, right. Can't run circles around you. Like, she was not that. And no. I love that. Because I feel like as a woman, sometimes you're made to feel like you can't outshine all oh, these no. people oh, or no. this man or whatever. And she was like, I'm good. So you either get on my level or you're just going to have to deal. So Yes,
0: like, yes, yes. I know i know and i think she's again an, an example of of somebody constantly if, if one door is closed she looked for another door mm-hmm. she did that's that's how you end up in france when you don't speak french <laughs> oh they're doing it over there Then I'll go over there most people would stop oh there's nobody ta- teaches black women or women how to fly okay then go away uh It's And again, it's not mind over matter, but you should always, always try and look for another door.
1: It might be different for
0: you. But look for another door. There's always
1: one. There's always one. And it's usually, you know, they're not, it's usually the, um, yeah, like you said, there's always a door. Um, Don't leave it to other people to make sure that, give you the option, I would say. And don't let them decide for
0: you. Don't let no. I, I, that. A number of times I've heard that over and over. You're like, well, they say that you know, they said that women don't really do this. They said black people. I, I actually, this is again. Uh, I just heard somebody. There's a special about um, black people uh, exploring outdoor spaces, and so and I. The little voice clip I wrote it down was. Um, I never thought. That the outdoors was for black people,
1: you know. <laughs> but that's true, though. I it's, know, but that's what I'm yeah. saying.
0: There's all of these things that you could go down the list, take your pick, match it, mix and match. This isn't for black. People. This, isn't for this, kind of this isn't for this kind of person. This isn't for this kind of person. This isn't for. Don't let society or other people decide what's not for you. That's she never let them decide what she didn't let her siblings. She didn't let her mother. She didn't let. Uh, her peers, she didn't let anybody say flying airplanes is not for black women. Nope. You nope. go figure that out. You go catch up. I'll be flying. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm going to go over here and do this, and then I'll be back after I'm done with this, once I land this plane. So, after
0: I land this plane, while you're figuring out, I'm going to go land this plane. And then actually, speaking of flying, what, some of the ways that she's, if you're ever, they still do a flyover. Uh, to honor her over her grave um Mm -hmm. every year um i'm not sure if it's her birthday or the anniversary of her death um but uh pilots still do that she was very big on honoring um black soldiers uh the the different uh regiments of black soldiers that fought in, in World War I, uh, particularly local to Chicago and, and from, t- I think the Chicago 8th. So when she did those those barnstorming shows, they were dedicated, uh, they were very patriotic and dedicated to those black units that were in the war. And so apparently they, um, after she died, somebody started a Betsy Coleman, I think he was from Tuskegee, uh, he started a Betsy, Col- Betsy Coleman uh flight school, uh named it after her. Um and then there's a flyover every year uh for an anniversary. She's in the the um National Women's Hall of Fame. Um they've got their you, you were talking about O'Hare because of her connection uh yeah. to-
1: like that, and that's something I got to saw. Like I saw as I was going and coming back to New York from a business trip, I saw Bessie Coleman. I think it's like Parkway, mm-hmm. um, leaving up to O'Hare Airport, and I was just like, "Yo!" I was like yes. excited. I was like, <laughs> like one of the major, and it's like you have to be on it to hit up, like you know, get to the um, get off or was it pull into where you have to get off and like um, go to your check in. Mm-hmm. So. I was just like, you know, so she's there. Her apartment, where she lived at, in um, where she lived in Chicago. Um, that building still exists. And yes. Still there. Um, it's a it's a private. Did they put a park? park.
0: One There's of them has. There is a park.
1: park. There's a park nearby, um, but you can also go see it. The building has like a plaque honoring mm-hmm. her thing that she was there. Um, I don't. Uh, and like she there's so many things around there's so many like there's a middle school in Texas named after
0: her and Florida Bessie Coleman yes um and this one I love is my favorite because I've got a little niece and she's a um they've got a character a toy character in Doc McStuffins (laughs) oh it's in honor of Bessie Coleman um this little bits of her. It's not enough, I have to say, because the story behind it is is missing. That's the part that's not common knowledge. Who is this woman? Um, but I, I do think it's great that um, she is being honored here and there. Um, wh- I think we could honor her by just spread the word. Do not let the world decide for you what, where you should be, where you belong, and, and how you should be. Bessie Coleman. Wanted to fly? um, What do you want to do? What are you going to do to amount to something in this world? And if if the world's telling you no, if the door is closed, find it. There's another door. There's always another door. There is, most
1: certainly so. Um, But, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode about Miss Bessie Coleman or Queen Bess. Please share it out to anyone who's very who's interested in this, and we would we would gladly appreciate you for doing so. And if you have a hidden, or a, um, I should say, if you have a missing figure, that will always happen. Yes. I know, <laughs> okay. I know. But if you have a missing figure that you would like for us to cover, please send us a note, DM us, email us. We are always looking for interesting figures to get to know um, and share with you all. In the meantime. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: that's go fun. and be yourself in the world. Yes, amount to- in the meantime, yes, amount to something. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.